Welcome to the Spin Tune Sports Show. I'm one of your hosts, Al Bielsi. With me is my co-host, Shafe. We're here to shoot the shit and talk some sports, but first, I have to tell you that we are not brought to you by the Zeppelin. The Zeppelin Company. We're going with hydrogen. What's the worst that could happen? I'm not even going to comment on these anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to let you do this. Is it only if it's going to be a particularly I'm, good one? No, it just at this point, it's just going to be what it is every time, so I'm, just, I'm not even going to make this a thing. This is just... <laughs> Not we're going not sponsored by at this point. Well, I mean the company doesn't exist, so yeah, not that's more. True. That's well, we should do sponsored by them. Maybe bring them back, Hal. Um, well, the page, other thing page is page views on them. I don't want to give them the credit unless they're going to sponsor us. Okay. So well, maybe they will. Probably not, but maybe they will. <laughs> um, before we get fully started here, um, I'm just going to let you guys know. Make sure you check out spintune.com. Uh, we've updated the site significantly, and we have new posts out. Uh, we have a new contributor, Gary. Who took the internet by storm with his debut last week? Oh, <laughs> there's a uh, a full first round NFL mock draft uh, that I did that the Chiefs and Seahawks already ruined the end of. Um, but I'm sure by the time you listen to this on Thursday before the draft, uh, it will be further ruined. Uh, <laughs> Probably, yeah. That's just the way it goes. I mean, there's already I, I have thoughts on that later, specifically when we get into the NFL draft stuff. Okay. Um, but is there anything you want to talk about before we get going? I'm going to give us a quick rundown of the topics. Yeah, I mean, we could talk a little bit. You know, Islander series coming up. Um, Nets, obviously, they're done. Game They lost in five. And then, yeah, I think... Possibly jinxed by us in our yeah, last episode. Well, I thought... Well, we went back to it. Uh, I listened back to it, and I was like, well, what I said was right. We did think... We did get a little bit ahead of ourselves when we were like... Well, that's hey, this, what I meant. The Barclays might be used twice. And it was like, no talent in the NBA wins... Nine out of ten times, and that's exactly what happened. I know that was ultimately our thesis was, yeah. mm, there's a lot of series left. Yeah. It just felt like us getting a little excited. Yeah, we did. A we slight, did. slight jinx. Yeah. Neither, although neither of us is Nets fans, no. so. I, that series, like, after game one went exactly how we I kind of thought it was going to go. Uh, game four, I think it was, was the only one where it was like, hey, if they won that. that was, maybe, the one, was that the one Embiid missed? Uh, or was it game three? I think that was game four. That was the one. That Dudley fouled out. No, and B played that one. And Dudley fouled out. Okay. Uh, or not didn't foul out. He got ejected mm. with Butler. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of changed the game. Like the crowd got more into it, but for some reason, Jared Dudley's like the best player in the Nets in the playoffs, <laughs> which is a problem. Yeah, the whole Dudley thing has been weird. But he got he got thrown out, and that kind of changed the game. And they lost by I think four. It was like one twenty two, one eighteen, and that was when the I think Allen got fouled at the end, but they said it wasn't a foul. Okay. Um. But if they won that game, that they, you know that series is two two, and you never know. But Sixers just have a way. Oh yeah, it's not um, close. So I think both of us probably agree that the Nets are on the way up. They'll probably be back next year. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with the NBA, you have to get. You can't just you know, have this average, you know, slightly above average team that doesn't really have you know star players. The, the Nets need to get free agent. And they have the ability to. Which they is do. Why I think, and I, I don't think. It's realistic to think of them as getting a Durant or a Kyrie. No, I don't think either one of those are. Um, but is it possible that they could get a Kawhi? Still probably not, but possible. Uh, could, could they get someone else like a Clay Thompson or something like no, that? No, I don't think Clay I think Clay is ninety nine percent going back to Golden State. I, I would be inclined to believe that I as well. I think Durant's most likely to leave. Yes. Uh and if he does leave, the Knicks do seem like the team that everybody's talking about. I don't know if it's the Knicks, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn could be an op- option. Uh, I just don't think Kem- Kemba sounds like he might be. He sounds like he's probably staying. Okay. Kemba is a guy I want on the Knicks. I've never been a huge Kemba fan. is Kemba is almost as good as Kyrie, but without the headache. Like Kyrie <laughs> has become a headache. 
And Kyrie, in two years, at the, at, if he becomes a Nick, and it, after two years, he could be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. I want out. Well, the big, the big thing that I think with Kemba, um, from what I remember in past years, because I didn't really pay much attention this year, um, he's still not really a great shooter, right? Um, it, well, he's, 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 he's good enough as a shooter. Is he's he? Still, because I know he was very raw as a shooter. Uh, I can look on. up his, his no, it's three point. point. Uh, <laughs> but Kemba, Kemba is a very underrated player just in terms of uh, casual NBA fans. Kemba is just kind of rotting in Charlotte. Yeah. Like, he, he's, really, he's a really good player. Well, he's the type of guy where if, if you get a Durant and you get a Zion, if you got Kemba, it'd be okay. But the problem is it's always been the next type of thing where, like, Kemba be the best player they acquire. I mean, Kemba, and that doesn't work. I look, Kemba shot 36% from three. Oh, so that's that's pretty good. Uh, 44 from the uh, So, and Kemba, I'm a huge fan of Kemba. Uh, Kyrie's the guy everybody wants, and I get it because it's Kyrie, but Kemba is, he, he's almost as talented as Kyrie, but he, I don't think he's going to come with the headaches. Like, he's just a really good player, and he works hard. Uh, is he a better defender? Because Kyrie's not much of a defender. Um, yeah, I would and, say. And that's something that's always plagued us, point guard defense. Yeah, I, I would say Kemba, and Kyrie's the better basketball player than Kemba. Like, if you're just picking on talent alone, it's going to be Kyrie, but... Yeah. Uh, I do, I do like Kemba. I think Kemba would be a better fit just because he is a New York guy, and he would just, I think, take pride in playing for the New York Knicks. We'll see. We're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. on Knicks getting uh, free agents, but uh, and how this is was a Nets talk and went Knicks, which is pretty common, I guess, for Nets talk in yeah. New York. It's, it always starts with Nets and then it goes. Knicks. We will have more Knicks and Nets talk once the draft and free agency come up. Um, but I did feel like they deserved a little bit of. Yeah, mention uh, as their uh, yeah they're gonna ended. they're trending upward for sure. They they are really deep. They have a really deep team, uh, and they're good, well coached. Uh, I do. D'Angelo Russell did not have a good playoff no. uh, series, which was concerning, I guess, for Nets fans. But the the Sixers were just better. Uh, you can't beat the you can't beat the Sixers unless you have not have. Well, we we wanted to just do quick hits. We're gonna do quick hits on the the Nets, the Islanders, um, the games from last night, and then. 95% of this episode is going to be um, Jets-Giants draft talk. Yeah. Or draft in general. Um, the Islanders are going to be in the second round of the playoffs, which we know for a fact Yes. Now. Last time we recorded, we did not know that, although we seemed to be inclined to believe that. Um, we do not know who they're playing yet because the scheduling ended up being very weird. No. Where, they, uh, yeah, that was seven, weird. That, I wish they just had all last night. Where it was just yeah all game sevens back to back to back yeah and it, it, it it's it's three games it's not like they yeah. would have been going crazy. and they've had other games on at the same time yes so, or at least overlapping when yeah. it started seven seven, seven, seven thirty yeah so I I was there's no reason they couldn't have had all three of those games on but regardless um, at the time we're recording this we do not know who will win between the Caps and the Canes um, Islanders will be playing the winner of that series yeah by the time you're listening to this we will know and we will have a, it looks like no matter who they're playing they're playing Friday night. Uh, I heard it's Friday or Sunday. No, they they just released the the thing today. Uh, I saw it this morning. That's definitely Friday. Yeah, there's a doubleheader Thursday and Friday for Game One. Gotcha. Um, the other East series, the the Capitals or not the Capitals, the um, the Blue Jackets versus the Bruins is Thursday. That's the first game. Uh, one of the West Coast games, the night game. I don't remember which series it was. Vice versa. The weird thing is they didn't give times for the. East-West games on Friday, even though the East game is going to be the first one and the West right. game is going to be the second one. Um, Sunday would be game two, probably. Gotcha. The, what, what I saw was it's a question of who gets big NBC, who gets NBC Sports. Yes. All right, so 
Uh, Caps, Canes. I wouldn't be shocked if the Canes win this. This just has been the playoffs. It's where it's like you don't know what's going to happen. The under the wild card team has won every other series. Yeah, all the all the division winners are out except for the Capitals, and they could be out. And it's just the playoff of like you don't know what's going to happen. So I, I'm almost thinking the Canes are going to win. Uh, it, that's certainly where the storyline's heading, right? And it'll be the max upset um, version of this playoffs, yeah. which is um, if you ever needed a selling point, and NHL often does that sort of excitement. I've watched very little of the first round of basketball playoffs because the first round isn't interesting. Outside yeah, of occasionally, the 4-5 the, the can be interesting. Yeah. Was it last year or the year before that... I don't even think they ended up winning, but someone put a scare in a three seed, right? I'm uh, sure who... It was who, a Portland, whether they were on the winning or the losing end, or the higher or lower end. There was that series, They there was a scare... Uh, but I think they still ended up pulling it out. Well, it's funny that you remember a scare in the NBA. It's not even an upset. You're no, just like, there was no. a scare a couple years It was because they were down in the series yeah. like 3-1 and then yeah, they ended up coming back and winning, I think. There's rarely upsets in the first round of NBA. Hockey, it is a total crapshoot. You have to be playing well to win. You have to have hot goaltending. You need to get calls. You need to get bounces. It's just like anything can happen. And we've seen all, all the wild card teams win, so... I will say from my perspective as an Islanders fan, it's tough for me to choose which team I want them to match up against. Um, the Capitals, really, I think, are the would, better team. I would have guessed you, as an Islander fan, you'd rather play the Canes. The Capitals are the better team on paper. Certainly, they ended up winning the division. Um, but they're a known quantity that can match up with. They're similar to us, but they don't view them as being dramatically better the way that the Bruins seem to be in that way where it's like the same team but better yeah um and i think having the insider knowledge that trots has of the team sets them up for success yeah um the canes are the wild card option not just the wild card team because i feel like they can blow up and score six goals in any night but they can also blow up and give up six goals in any yeah where it's that, that volatility can be scary sometimes whereas the tried and true like you know what they're going to be you can game plan for yeah I, I the canes just i feel like they don't have a lot of offensive firepower like they're they're a defensive team they don't have a grit morazic's been good but i mean he's still a, a question mark but they're their bottom six defend defensemen are, are really, really their defense good. is yeah their forwards are still i mean they, they have a lot of firepower at the top though uh I, is, I don't even know, is uh, Sveshnikov going to be back? Could be. Uh, but uh, He's not going to be back today, I don't think, but no. by the next series he should I, be. I don't know, because it seemed, it seemed like it was bad. Like he's gonna be, He might be out for a while. Because remember when Crosby had his concussion, he was out for like Well, the weird thing with concussions weeks. is you, you never know. Some, yeah. some guys are back in five days, and then you have a guy like Crosby who misses a large part of the season. Clint Frazier, Frazier misses the entire right. season so last year. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sveshnikov was out for a while. Um, and to me, the, the, the Canes forwards aren't really a scary group. Like they, they can score, but there's no one like you're, you're going to be, you know, scared of your mind as an Islanders fan. Like this guy's going to torch us. You're scared of like, it's a power play. There's like a 50% chance he's going to score. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm an Islanders fan, I'd prefer to play the Canes. I get why you wouldn't. Cause it's kind of like both underdog teams just, going through. Yeah. There's that whole thing. The whole, the Canes like narratives has been great all for the last second half of the season, yeah. like all that stuff. Um, I mean, ultimately, I, I probably would pick the Canes to play. I just know that that they're unpredictable to me. We play, we played them twice in the first week of the season, and I think we either shut them out both games or we gave one goal in one of the games. But it was, it was Grice playing goal. He just had, like had their number. Yeah. We played them later in the season again, and 
it, that was not, just not how I don't remember what the results were. I think right. we, when we split the last two games. But. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, the, for me, it's I'd rather play the team. They were definitely a different team when we faced them in the second half, though. Than for sure. Early. And so people like always want to pick their matchups. Like I'd rather pick this team. You, you want to play like the team that gets through usually is deserving of it. So to me, it's hard to pick who I'd want to play. So if the Canes get through, like I'd rather play the Capitals because the Canes obviously got the better of them. Yeah. Almost. So. Uh, and I do think, again, I do think the Canes defense is, their bottom six is top five in the league. Uh, Slavin, Hamilton, Pesci, uh, Falk. Like, that that top four is as good as anybody. Yeah. Um, so, I, whoever it is, I do think the Islanders win. Yeah, uh, that would be my, I would be inclined. I don't think it'll be a sweep. Though I didn't think the last round was going to no, be a sweep. But I do think. I think what I will say is, if there was a team they're more likely to sweep or win in five games, it would be against the Kings. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would probably pick them to win in six or seven against the Capitals, and I would probably pick them to win by like five, which is weird considering I said I'm not certain, because right. it's just the wild card factor. They could do the thing where they're just hot and they blow the doors off you on game one and get you scrambling, although this team doesn't seem to have that element of their DNA. They don't get scared and scramble. Right. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting, I, interesting to see. I think... Regardless, both series with whatever team it is, I do think Islanders win. That's my prediction okay. for both both of them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to having a while off. I do think one of either the Islanders or the Blue Jackets will be very cold when they come into the next series. I think it's going to be the Blue Jackets. I know I had mixed feelings about that for the Islanders because on the one hand, yeah, they didn't do well when they came out of the All Star break, and I think they had their their bye week the, that week right after it, so they had a long layoff there. And they, that was when they sagged. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, they played the entire uh, third period without uh, Boychuk and Clutterbuck in game four of that series. Both those guys were badly hurt. Boychuk's going to be out for three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clutterbuck is back at practice. Mayfield has been dinged up. He, he had gotten a maintenance day during the series. He didn't show up for the first day of practice after they'd already given him a couple of days off after the series was over. But he's back now. Clutterbuck's back. But it sounds like it's both of them just like managing pain and stuff like that. Yeah. So the rest will be good for their health. Right. But... I do wonder. I know they've been getting at scrimmages, trying to get the juices flowing. Right. I, I, I saw, I forget which team it was. One of the one of the teams in the playoffs who who advanced. They opened up. It was Columbus. Was it Columbus? They yeah. opened up. They wanted to have open uh, practices. Yeah. Tor- Torch was like, there was like six thousand people showed up, and he was like, "What the hell? It's like a, it's the midday of the week. Don't you have guys have jobs?" And it was like it's a classic Torch response. Uh, but I do. No, think, but then they ended up backing up and they opened it right. Yeah, like, they there were was like, fans. Like there. they wanted that atmosphere yeah. the way it would be in the game. So that was, I think, kind of a smart idea. Yeah, um, I, I do think Columbus will be cold when they play. Boston. The thing is, it's not even like they got hot leading into the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. They were so hit or miss. It might just be that they just got really that's lucky. Exactly, my, was the point. It was, could all end now. Yeah, that they they got into the first. And Boston game and, is a really tough matchup for anyone. And they. They first game, they were down 3 nothing, so it wasn't like they were humming coming in. They just flipped it around, and obviously um, Tampa couldn't correct you know, the punch in the face. So I, I do think Islanders advance. I do think Boston probably advance in another series, but we'll see. Okay. Um, we spent a little longer on that than yeah, I expected. We, a little hockey talk. Uh, <laughs> not a bad thing. No. Nope. Um, so let's just do a very, very quick thing on the games last night. I didn't watch any of the Trailblazers thing, but I saw the highlight of the ending, and I thought that was, that was pretty wild. Yeah. I love the hand wave. Yeah. <laughs> the bye-bye. <laughs> Lillard's, a, Lillard's a monster. Uh, the, that, le- the least talked about superstar? I mean, he's talked about a lot in the, the NBA world, but he, yeah, he should be talked about more just in a casual you know, stance. Um, he's not on the level of Paul George, you know, Westbrook, and all those guys are talked about. He should be. 
Well, obviously. <laughs> and last night that shot was ridiculous. They hit that. And I, PG after the game saying, you know, that's a bad sh-. He just kept saying it's a yeah. bad shot. Like, just give the guy credit. That like, was more what I was curious about because the game was whatever. The series ended up being really whatever. But yeah. just the way it ended and all the conversation around it, I thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot just, of storylines. I mean, that. I guess he kind of gave him credit. He he's didn't like, really. He well, just I, kept saying it, it's, a, it's a bad shot. Like, he hit it, but it's a bad shot. And it's not going to be talked about. No, he hit a phenomenal shot in, in your face. Like, you're, you were on him and he hit it from 40 in your face. Well, I guess that's what it was um, that I was thinking when I heard the audio because I, I heard the just the one sentence clip. Like, it's a bad shot, and I like I read it in the story, but this morning I heard the whole thing. You could hear it in his voice where it's like, I just can't believe yeah. he fucking knocked that down. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I guess you're right. From the actual words he spoke, he never really gave him yeah, credit. Yeah, it was just, it just a bad look for Paul George, I thought, where after the game, that guy hit an amazing shot, and you're just, the only thing you say is, it's a bad shot. It's a bad shot. And it, it just, it's a phenomenal shot. And you were, it wasn't even like he was uncontested. Like, you were on top of him. Yeah. he hit it right in your face. Well, it was long. Was it 37 foot or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I would have said it was, I would have said it was 40. It was way back. Uh, good for, for Lillard. I've always liked Lillard. Uh, Me too. And he... I know there's, there were some rumblings, rumors that the Knicks were going to try and acquire him by whatever means a, a year or two ago. Yeah. I don't know how realistic that is or was. Very unlikely. I remember that for whatever reason that was a thing. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I... NBA playoffs, again, I don't really don't get too much into until the conference finals. I'll be a little bit more interested this round. It seems like there are some interesting yeah. matchups. Um, but, yeah, I've mostly just watched the conference finals and the finals now. Yeah, we'll see. I, I It's a great for Lillard, and it's kind of funny that Westbrook and, and Paul George get, you know, one win and they're out. So. Also that both the hand wave and especially the picture where they all mobbed him, and he's just, like, staring stoic. At the, yeah. Those are both going to become memes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the picture of him... Just staring in a mob pile of the camera is definitely going to That's a good picture. Yeah, it's going to become a death. All right, Sharks. This game I actually did watch some of. Yes. Um, I was flipping between it and the Yankee game and then stopped flipping between it when they were up Mm 4-0. Or 3-0, rather. I think it was 3 Yep. Um, And then I just happened to open Twitter and I saw right then was the instant reaction to the penalty. And... Like right after, I think it was uh, I think it was John Bushcross um, said one ellipses when they scored. I was like, it's a major. Yeah. Let me flip over to this. Right when the second goal was getting scored, I flipped it over. I was like, oh my god. So I watched it through all of that. I was like, this is fucking wild. Yeah. That that happened to in the regular season or last season where someone got called for a major and they scored like three or four power play goals on that. I, four goals is fucking. That's wild. insane, and it's a shame because. I don't think it was a major. I, a lot of people don't think it was a major. It was definitely a penalty. It definitely seems controversial whether it should have been a major or not. And that's my always my thing with hockey is like it's such a game of luck with whether it be you know puck luck or just refereeing. If they had a different crew, there's a good chance they don't call that a five five minute power play, and they score four times in five minutes. It's 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 definitely possible that sort of thing. Obviously, is always up to base. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's not anything bordering on like the Saints game last year. No. it was definitely a penalty. Right. We're just arguing over how bad of a penalty of it, it was. Yeah. So that's less egregious to me than a call versus no call situation. Yeah. Um, the other thing though is I. I mean, I watched three of the four goals live. I watched the replays of them this morning. Flurry just absolutely imploded. Yeah, he those most of those goals were not that tough. I saw one some... of them went in his armpit and squeaked through. Like it literally, you saw it hit the the material of the jersey, and he just didn't squeeze his arm yeah. tight. That's a bad goal. On the last one, he got screened a bit at the last second, but he wasn't really in great position. Two of them, I think, were deflections. One of them was a really tough one. I'm not gonna give him, yeah. gonna kill him for that one. There was one of them where I think it might have actually deflected twice. There's nothing you're gonna fucking do about right. that. 
But the first goal that he gave up, the one in the armpit, is a bad goal. And the last goal he gave up was not really a good goal either. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the I fell asleep right before those those goals. Uh, I did see the replays this morning. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury's kind of gotten this, almost a pass of being like an all-time goaltender. If you win two cups, you're going to And, and to me, I've never been like the cup. Like you, you win a cup, you're a great, like you automatically get into the great category. He's blown 3-1 well, leads. Well, but when you win most, two, though. He's, he's blown 3-1 leads. Multiple times. And another than that, even times where they haven't collapsed, he personally has right. collapsed. Against the Islanders, the first time that they made the playoffs with Tavares, yeah. he got absolutely shook. They had to pull him or replace him with Thomas Bokun because yeah. he couldn't play yeah. in the Coliseum. And it absolute, every game they played the Coliseum, he gave up a bunch of goals and they had to, they only won their games in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think Marc-Andre Fleur is going to end up being a really good goalie, an even borderline great goalie. But to me, the Stanley Cup argument is... Like that to me is just lazy because well, he was on the Pittsburgh Penguins, which had an unreal team. Like, I don't, I don't love the argument. Throw you in net, and you're stopping most of those. <laughs> no, I don't know about most of them. Um, just not tall enough. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't love the argument when you get to for one championship, guys. But when you have multiple ones, you're gonna get it. And then he has the magical run with Vegas last year. Yeah, the run That's, with Vegas was probably the most impressed I was with him of all the. It was the one that they asked him to do the most. It was right. the one that he carried rather than being along for the ride. Right. And, uh, yeah, to me, the, the, cup, the cup argument it gets a little bit redundant where it's like, well, he doesn't want, want a cup. Well, I'll tell you what, it would have been hard to argue against him if they did hold on and win last year. Winning three cups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a certain point with two, across two teams, like, you just you just got to do right. it. Right, and I think Vegas is a different story than, sure. than, than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, the, he was on the best team. There's a reason that they exposed him. Right. To move on yeah. from to Although, keep that Murray. Matt Although Murray's Murray, yeah. going through some of the it's, same thing. Yeah. Goaltending in the NHL is uh, fickle business. So it's like closers in, in major leagues, like where it's like you have a guy who can have an amazing season well, yeah. and then is nothing ever well, again. That's what and I think. To pick the guys like Rivera or even in a more modern example, like a Craig Kimbrell who can sustain it over multiple seasons is really tough. Well, yeah, that's why I think consistency is the the best thing you can use for. Is this person great? The consistency is the number one. And it's, the, it's the it's the argument for Mariano Rivera. Yeah. No one was so consistently Consistent. great for that for even close to that long. Right. Five years is a great run right. as a closer. Twenty years is insane. Right. So that's so Mark Andre Fleury said had, a, had a very inconsistent career. Yeah. But when he's on the top of his game, he's he's great. Sure. That's why a lot of people there's a lot of people like to say Henrik isn't one of the all time greats. There's a lot of people say he's bona fide number top five because he's consistently great. He was consistently great for a decade. Yeah. So that's why I'm more so. If you can consist year in year out, you know exactly what he's going to do. To me, that's more of a greatness key than hey, you won a Stanley Cup in a run. Anyway, that was one of the great Game Sevens, great moments in playoff yeah. hockey, and two of my favorite moments in playoff hockey in the last several years have been involving the Sharks blowing it in the Game Seven yeah. <laughs> because I watched that weirdly. I watched every or not every minute of it, but most of every game in the Kings Shark series where they came, where the Kings came back from three nothing. Yeah. That was an all time series. It's yeah. one of the greatest things that, I've ever seen in any sort of playoffs. You, ever. you look at that series as a in a completely different light than me because that started the Kings run. I know. You hate it because they ended up beating Because if they just to go down three oh and then win four straight, like they had all the momentum in the world and the Rangers had a ton of momentum, but it was just like it, you couldn't overtake the only thing that can rival the triggering that the name Dennis Potman does is to mention Brian Quick's greatness to a Rangers fan. <laughs> Jonathan Quick. Yeah, sorry. Um, ah, Potvin. I mean, Potvin. Uh, they still he, do the whistle fucking 30 years later. Yeah, I mean, that's just chance. 
that most people don't even know who Dennis Potvin is. He played 40 years ago. Regardless, let's move on. We spent too much time on this. Yeah. Let's talk draft talk. Okay. Specifically, Jets and Giants draft talk. Okay. Um, so I did some work on the spin tune. You can check it out. You did. Shafe's been uh, diligently retweeting that on the spin tune sports show Twitter mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. Um, I did full drafts for Jets and Giants, and I did a full first round mock draft, including trades, including a trade that I wrote an article about between the Jets and the Giants. That, I still think, is what would be the best for both teams. Although, the more and more I think about it, there are probably a myriad ways that they could work out such a trade if it wasn't going to be two first-round picks. I, I, we, we talked about this before. I, there is a 1% chance the Giants are moving. They're 6 and 17. But I think that you could build a package around 6 and was it 37 or 38, whatever the That's pick more is. likely. And then it's going to have to be more picks. Yeah. But they have 12 picks right. in this draft. And even if the, if the Islanders... Not the Islanders, sorry. Wrong team. The Jets, even if the Jets decided, okay, no, we need another premium pick. You're going to give us a 2020 second round pick. Yeah. I think they'd be willing to do that. And then it would be an additional, call it a fourth or fifth round pick type of deal. They would be more likely to do that. I still don't think. I don't, I, it's, it's possible. It's possible. I I, just, I, but And the thing is, I, I think it's, realistically, I think it's the best avenue for both teams to go about. The Jets, for sure, their best route is to move back. Well, I just I don't think there's a team that wants to move up that badly. I think the Redskins might, but I don't. That's what's coming out, and I I've long thought that they were going to be the team that ends up with Josh Rosen. Yeah, but I'm becoming less convinced of that, and it's entirely possible that after we are done here, something is going to happen. But to me, it's really weird that they haven't traded Josh Rosen yet. They'll trade him after they. And that the leverage is gone, but but the se- that's what I'm saying. The second that you make, gone. the second that you turn in your card for Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen's value. That, takes they a could hit. spin it as you know, Rosen's gonna we're gonna give Rosen the start maybe and let Kyler kind of learn. Doesn't but make any sense. I, their leverage is gone. Leverage is gone once all these reports came out. Unless they don't, they're not taking him, which would be the best smokescreen in football history. Absolutely. But but taking. the thing is, if that's the case, then the only option is to trade down. Right. And that's actually why I brought it up was because I'm wavering a little bit on the whole Kyler going to one. I'm not saying that I still think it's the most likely yeah, option. I do think. I but do. I'm, instead of it being like 99 and 1%, I'm like getting to the point where it's getting closer to like 90 and 10%. Because otherwise, there's no reason for Josh Rosen to still be on the roster. And again, we're recording this at noon maybe. on Wednesday. It's entirely possible that by 8 p.m. today, maybe. Josh Rosen's gone. Yeah. Maybe they're doing it in case of potentially a team just like overpaying to get to one. Like we're not going to do it That's once we trade him. It's we're done. Like we have to take Kyler. Let's keep a hold of him until it's for sure. Because maybe a team is going to last minute going to say we'll give you this. You know our first next year's you know three first a second. Maybe they're doing that and it's like that's a deal we can't pass up. But the leverage is gone. Like they they had they've played it so poorly in terms of Rosen that. Well, that's what it, I'm saying. At this point, if he trades them today or trades them tomorrow, the leverage, like, they're going to get the same draft pick back. That's fine, but the point is, from when the clock starts officially at 8 p.m. Yeah. tomorrow, once they've turned in the Colin Murray pick, whatever leverage you have, it immediately, you're dropping it probably 50%. Like, okay, you thought you can get a, set, a two for Josh Rosen, now you're going to be happy to get a four. Like, you're not getting anything for him. I don't know. I think... T- Take it, I, I would put a deadline with these teams um, and say, hey, if this comes out in the public, go fuck yourself. You give me your best offer by whatever time. Pick the time. I don't care when it is. But it better be before the draft starts 
And you take that as an offer and you get it done right then and The only reason I can think of it not coming out right now is if the NFL continues to want the mystique to be about Kyler Murray. So maybe you get the information about the trade at 7.45 tomorrow night? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I, I, I don't know what they're doing with that. Because and I saw, there was a big article on The Ringer about draft Kyler Murray and keep both of them. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's Honestly, it's amongst the stupidest things I've ever I, I think, I, I actually wouldn't be shocked if they kept both. It's a horrendous mismanagement of your draft capital. It is. But we, teams do it, this awful decisions all the time. I do think, I do, th- my personal thought is they will get rid of Josh Rosen. It'll probably be like a third round pick. Fine. And, and, but what I'm saying is you got to do it In a week draft. or so. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's, it's a day before they still haven't done it. It's, it's, it's just, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't know what like unless they do it five minutes before a draft. Like what's what I'm saying? Could could it be that they outline a trade already and the league is like on pain of death? No, no one is going to react. I don't think it's five minutes before the draft. I think it's they're just going to say we haven't got the offer we want at this point. We're just going to draft Murray and we'll deal with the Rosen you know in the next week or so and we'll trade him for you know a third round pick. And I think that's what's going to be. I just I can't I can't even imagine. They should have traded him. Months ago, probably. Yeah, and that at this point, it's there's not going to be a big difference between if you trade them today and trade them next. Well, week. which is again why I think this is why I'm wavering on them taking Murray at all. Yeah, we'll see. Like if you if if this whole thing has just been we love Rosen. If they told Rosen, hey, you're our guy, just stick with us through this process. We have to do this thing. Yeah, I, and I don't think it's they that. were waiting on Oakland to come up to number one to get Murray. You know what I mean? That's the only way that this any of this makes sense. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> There's nothing I can add. Like that, it's just what it is. They, they, they've made their bed. <laughs> they've made their bed on that. Well, getting back to the Jets and the Giants. Um, let's just... Taking out the whole trade thing specifically. Mm-hmm. You've been a Josh Allen to the Jets guy all along. Uh, I would like Josh Allen to be... If we're not trading... If we're, if we're picking at three, which I, I think it's going to be. I would prefer Josh Allen. I will not be upset if it's Quinn and Williams. And for some reason, Ed Oliver's name has been picked up in the last... 48 hours. I think that's a smokescreen. I think that's more reality. I think it's a smokescreen. I think that they want to get someone to trade. They've been pretty obvious about it. They've oh, yeah. literally come out and said, someone please come take this pick off right. our hands. Right. I think that you know they're doing that thing. Oh, we really like Ed Oliver. Hmm, well, this team likes Ed Oliver. Maybe they'll come up and get it. You know. Oh, we, we love Quinn and Williams. Yeah. You know? they, well, I like Maybe I'll go trade them and get right. the number three pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I think I wouldn't be shocked if it's one of those three at this point. Like two months ago, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be Josh or Quinn and Williams." Last month, I would've been, "Oh, it's gonna be Josh Allen." Now this week, I'm like, "It's probably gonna be Ed Oliver." So I, to me, I would take Josh Allen just because we've taken the D tackle, we've gone the D line route, and most time it hasn't worked out. I prefer Josh Allen. Uh, well, how about this? You watch way more of him than me. I've watched a fair amount of him. Yeah. Give me your Josh Allen scouting. Josh Allen is, I think, an elite athlete. Um, I agree. I think he. I don't. I'm not convinced he's going to be a great pass rusher. I still think he could. He could be, and I think he will be. I. Agree I'm not with con- the first two of those three things. I'm not convinced said. he's going to be, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's not an elite pass rusher. But I still think he's going. Okay, I agree with you that I don't see him as being a sure thing to be an elite pass rusher. Yeah. I certainly think he could become right. one. Uh, I am less confident that he will become one. Yeah. Uh, well, when he was at Kentucky, um, every every offense game plan around him. He was double teamed every play. Uh, he, I that's not true. He, I'm not saying he wasn't double teamed a lot, but I, okay, 
Oh, every play is a hyperbole. It's, he it's, was, well, I'm just saying it's for a guy playing his position, it's less common for it to be every play. Right. The, Interior line, you can justify a double team on almost every Trace play. Trace McSorley in the combine, I know I've talked to you about this before, and they said, who was the hardest player in your college career that you had a, a game plan for? And he says, Josh Allen. Yep. Every play, we had to diagnose where he is. Our protection was towards him. And then he dropped back, and we were screwed. Yep. So Josh Allen changed offenses, and and he, against SEC offenses, he was the guy we're going. We have to know where he's going. I know. I remember uh, Juwan Taylor mentioned him in particular. Like that's one of the toughest guys. That's and he he relied a lot on athleticism and just freak ability. That's what to get me sacks, but he could do it. Yes, he didn't but, have to. He didn't really have to develop other moves, which is what scares me about him as a prospect. And I get it. And I. I mean, he's still really raw. He was a high school wide receiver. He really didn't come on. He he gained 50 pounds in like two years. So he's still developing. That's becoming more and more of a common thing. Titus Howard, the Alabama State offensive tackle, was a college quarterback. Hmm. And Lean Johnson, I think, was the same thing. When he came into Oklahoma, he was a a quarterback who they said, you're going to be a tight end for us. And And after one year, he became an offensive tackle. So, yeah, Josh Allen was a two-star wide receiver, moved to the end, gained a ton of weight. Was very raw junior year. Senior year, he developed more. So I still think he can grow. Like with a good, he didn't have to develop moves because he didn't need it. He just he I'd blow around you. You're gonna hold me. I'm gonna gonna get a holding call. Or I'm gonna get a sack. Was that, basically that's what concerns me is that style of I don't I don't care about the pedigree thing per se because like Khalil Mack didn't have a tremendous pedigree right but Buffalo. he he and he even had more of an excuse to rely on his athleticism but he had a pass rush plan and ability coming out of Buffalo. He had developed some as a player, not just as an athlete. Yeah. Um, and that's what concerns me about Allen. Um, we've mentioned previously, I think it was in episode zero, yeah. the Anthony Barr comparison. Yeah, that's is, become really hot lately. We made we that. Started, we started we, it. We definitely started that. Guys, no one listens to the show yeah. yet, but those people were all listening. I think Kuiper <laughs> tur- t- tuned in. He's like, wait, Anthony Barr? Yeah, that's definitely it. So I'm, I'm being 100% honest here. You and I did not pre-discuss that because no. I remember when I said it, you got pissed because you had the same thought. Yes. I didn't read it anywhere, no, but I started reading it a lot like a week later. Yeah, and that was another thing is because the whole couple months leading up to around the combine all that, all they talked about was how he's a, an elite pass rusher. No one talked about him in coverage. Then this Anthony Barr comparison came out and every, now everybody's talking about uh, and, oh he's great in coverage it's possible it only came out because the Jets tried to get Barr yeah. and everyone was, was oh, wait, plugging it together and guy, was like yeah. oh let me look you know he's kind of similar now I understand that's, that's why the Jets have to draft him and that's him my other thing with Allen is if, even if he's not he could, I still think he's going to be a good a good pass rusher even if he's not he's gonna, still going to be so valuable we don't have a, the Jets don't have linebackers that can cover anybody with with Williamson and Mosley. Mosley's coverage woes have been greatly overstated. But he's not a coverage linebacker. No, but he is adept in Josh Allen, if he if he's not pass, rushing the passer, he can drop back and he's still gonna be really good at that. Yes. Which so to me, I'm taking Josh been. Allen. One, because I'm biased and he went to UK. If well, he, and that's why I asked for your scouting report. You he, definitely have watched more of him than even though I've watched the I want round. a Kentucky player. Um if he didn't go to Kentucky, well, I ought to be as adamant as I am, probably not. But I still want the edge guy over the defensive line where we've taken Leonard Williams, we've taken Sheldon Richardson, we've taken Muhammad Wilkerson, and they haven't really panned out. I don't want another one of them. I, I understand all of that. The only thing I would say against that specific part of the argument is you have to evaluate the players before you, not what you've done in the past and get gun-shy over it. Because the, the point is, if you've missed on the players, also have to remember that those are under different administrations. Right. Mike Tannenbaum drafted Muhammad Wilkerson. John Idzik um, drafted... Sheldon Richardson, and now we're on our third GM in amongst that conversation. So, and it's been different coaching staffs, different scouting staffs, different GMs. Yeah. 
Uh, and Quinn Williams is a different player than some of those guys have been. I've seen a lot of Quinn and Leonard also a Williams. better player than all those people, with the exception possibly of Sheldon Richardson. I was, I was going to say I've seen the most common comparison: Quinn and Leonard Williams. No, that's that's at least. Sorry, I'm not saying you haven't seen that. I've seen. I don't that's think that's the an, same. I don't think it's an accurate one. The one I've seen more, uh, the one that I've seen personally more commonly that I agree with is Fletcher Cox. Really, yes. I haven't seen that one at all. Yes. I've seen Aaron Donald. I've seen Leonard yeah, Williams. I've seen that too, and it makes me mad because they're literally nothing alike. Yeah, but so the, the guy who is the better comp to Aaron Donald is Ed Oliver. They are similar, similar from a body type and stylistic perspective. Quinn Williams is much bigger than those guys. Quinn Williams reminds me of Leonard Williams, not from a, a style and play performance, but kind of the pre-draft hype where yes. he's the best player no, in the draft. You're right about that part of it. He's the best player in the draft, and he might be falling. So their their build and their game are completely different. Well, that, that is a comparison I've seen. Again, I I didn't see the style comparison. I do think there is a simil- similarity with he's the best player in the draft. You have if he's there, you just have to take him. From, and from Leonard Williams and, has been disappointing. Absolutely, I'd be the first one to admit it. I've been pounding. Well, when, when we first got into the draft thing, I was pounding the table, trade Leonard Williams, maybe for a second round pick, go get Quinn and Williams with third overall pick. I guess there's still time for them to do that, just like the Josh Rosen thing. They yeah, could still trade him, it although it seems less and less likely because... Samini said that he thought that one of two of, of Leonard Williams and Lee will be Darren gone. Darren Lee's gone. That they, they it, might it, both it, be gone. But that's one that you can do during the draft because right. you're going to get like a fifth round or a fourth round pick yeah. for him or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, disappointing. But, um, so my concern with Josh Allen, the thing is, what you said, I don't want the defensive tackle, this and that, like I want Josh Allen. It's not really a, even an area of need for us, and though. The, the, the defensive th- line is not an area of need. We need an edge guy. Yeah, well, the thing is, two different things. We have the bodies to play currently, and uh, like they're NFL caliber players. Right. But I wouldn't say that they're great players. Um, so like, Sh- I would love to upgrade on Leonard Williams. could be upgrade, but we, it's not like, oh, we need to really upgrade the defensive line. Yes, I'm fine with our defensive you're line right going in it into... You right being a lesser need, but the thing is, I, I still, even though we have the guys playing there, it's not a great line it's no. an okay line yeah um but yes need like edge is a is a dire, dire need dire need um when it comes to the specific three players we talked about quinn williams ed oliver josh allen i'm fine with any of those three guys so I. I don't love any of them with the way that our current picks are stacked i don't like josh allen at three i don't like Ed oliver at three i like quinn and williams at three but only if you're moving leonard williams yeah if I'm, we trading if we're trading back to six or Eight or ten or whatever. Well, not eight because it's Detroit, but you know what I'm saying. Right. If we trade back, trade back. Any picks, I'm fine with any of those guys. Yes, I'm fine with any of them. Because um, Quinnen, at that point, the value is absurd. Um, and Ed Oliver and Josh Allen, the value is now appropriate. And if you're taking Josh Allen, it's a better fit because what concerns me is not having the pass rush moves developed currently. It's entirely possible he never will. Could be. Um, and he could. It's not to say that he's never going to have any pass rush ability, because he will. He's going to face... Not every offensive tackle is great. Right. But all of them are nearly as good as most of the guys, or better than the guys that he faced on a week-to-week basis. Right. He faced Jawan Taylor, who's going to be a top 10 pick. So every game is going to be facing Jawan Taylor, essentially. Right. Most of the time. Right. You're not going to beat him with just elite athleticism every play. Right. Maybe you'll beat him once, but that means you're going to be an 8-10 to 10 sack guy. And if you're drafting an edge rusher at 3 overall, he's got to be a guy who's a 12-15 to 15 sack guy. Yeah. Um. But if you're drafting a guy who's, you're talking about the well-rounded game, elite athlete, can give you that value as a linebacker, and then has some pass ability, Anthony Barr, I think, was drafted number eight overall. Yes. I'm good with Josh Allen at six or eight. It's, I don't love him at three is my problem. Yeah, but to me, this draft, there isn't a, having the third pick really isn't that valuable. This third and the seventh pick, kind of the same thing this draft. 
The, um, the, the, the thing that makes top three picks valuable is quarterbacks. Quarterbacks and edge rushers. Yeah. Well, I, they're, yeah, and, th- and this draft... It's Nick Bosa or Kyle Murray. That's why you want a top three pick. And there's... And there's this is probably the biggest draft with in terms of elite pass rush. Or at least there's a, a big amount... This is there's the varying uh, opinions on how good the top you know, 10 pass rushers are. It doesn't seem that there's varying opinion on how good they are. It's a varying opinion on who's the best. Right. I'm saying everyone thinks that there's going to be about four or five guys who are going to be impact players for the next 10 years. And that's my point is there isn't going from three to seven really isn't, there isn't a big value change because the guy you think is that, you know, the best pass rusher, another team might not think that. So, and that's, it's it's my issue as well, because I've been pounding the table for Brian Burns. If you've read any of our stuff on the spin shoe, you are literally the president of the Brian Burns. I'm I'm not the official president is Kyle Krabs at the draft. Okay. You're the, he has made him his number one edge rusher over Nick Bosa. Um, so when I say that my love for him is, I I don't believe it's, it's that crazy. And he's not even alone at that site. Joe Marino, uh, I believe put him number two behind Bosa, but he's made of his top five player. Right. Like, I don't understand why people... Like, everyone seems to like Brian Burns, but very few people seem to love him. And I don't understand why. I don't understand what they aren't seeing that I am or vice versa. What I'm seeing that's not actually there. Because the only concern about him that I understand that is a legitimate concern was that he played very light in college at 230. Yeah. 230, 235. Came into the combine at 250 or 249. Yeah. And still crushed the athletic testing. And he has the type of frame that you can understand how he'd be able to hold the weight. It wouldn't be... Because you see some guys like, eh, they're kind of tapped out on how much weight they can really hold with that frame. Guy is tall, lean, lanky. Like, he doesn't have a bad pound on him. He's this, like, skinny dude. He's not fat in any way, shape, or form. Um, As opposed to someone like, maybe like Ja'Kai Polite. Can be a little sloppy with some of the weight that he's carried. Right. And the guy has... All the athleticism things that you talk about with a Josh Allen, I I would give the edge to Allen as being a linebacker, but Burns can also do that. Yeah, uh, and has done it. It's on tape, but he has the elite pass rushing moves so, and the pass rush plan, which is why I so prefer let's him assume the Jets do not move. They're stuck at three. No one moves up. Who are you taking? Not who do you think they're taking. Who do you take? I'm taking Brian Burns. Okay, I'm I'm still. Taking I view Josh. him as a better player than Josh. I'm Allen. I'm still taking Josh Allen. Um, who do you think the Jets will take? If they have to stay at three, yes. I think they're going to take Quinn. I'm leaning towards... Not that I think it's the right thing to do at three, but I do think that's what they will do. A week ago, I said Josh Allen. I've seen Quinn Williams. I've seen Ed Oliver. I think it's going to be Ed Oliver. Well, I guess I'll put it this way. I would rank it Quinn in 1A, Ed Oliver 1B, and then Josh Allen I, 2. I, I'm flipped on the one. I think it's the way the last... I think the last information to come out is usually the most accurate. It's funny because I saw something this morning. I was just reading something this morning. Bill Pullian said exactly the opposite. Really? <laughs> but it was from like two or three years ago. Oh, no, it's from last year when the, when the Schefter-Mayfield report came and out. And that's that's what I go back to is may, like the whole offseason, it was Darnold, Darnold, Darnold. And the day before it was, or the day of, it was it's Mayfield. It was I think it was the night before. Yeah, and it was like the last information started to get out. And I think, you know, it's a little bit before it. So I th- it still could be, you know, a smokescreen where they want someone to move up to Ed Oliver. That's still likely. I do think, you know, this this random thing, it just could be... It kind of explains why I wanted to move back, too. Well, the one thing I will say is, when it comes to the number one overall pick, there becomes very little reason to lie at right. that point. Um, when you're talking about the third overall pick, there is incentive there is, to lie. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I Again, I, I would say... It, I would take Josh Allen. I do think they're going Ed Oliver or Quinn Williams, but Josh Allen, for some reason, has... They were in love with him, and now they're not really talking about him as much. Well, I don't think the Jets were ever in love with him. I think people said that they were in love with him. Uh... I think... And did you see that report that I mentioned to you and the guys the other day? 
finally, the one about how they only view Bosa as I did see that. Elite. I saw that before you you sent it to us. Oh, did you? Yeah, because it was that. I sent it to you that morning. I sent it to you like maybe an hour yeah. after I saw uh, it. The Josh Allen thing, I think they liked him just because the social team was pretty. They did a lot of Quinn stuff, but they did a lot of Josh. Well, it's Allen also stuff. part of it that was Avery Williamson because they had him at an event. That's a Kentucky thing. Yeah, you know what I mean, but they they had that. They posted that you know that article where Avery Williamson is in in uh, Greg Williams' office every day saying. Take Josh Allen, well, take Josh yeah. Allen. But can we talk about one thing for like two seconds? Because sure. we're going to take too long. It's really weird that teams, and it's not just the Jets, but I see them because I follow their account, but yeah. all the teams do this. It's really weird that they pump up the draft yes. stuff. It's super weird. And that's I think that's more recent. I haven't seen that in no, previous it's been the last, years. Like, it's like the last year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would have said a year. The, I think they, last year I remember seeing a fair amount of stuff. Play, individual players a individual lot Individual players, they're pumping up what the other analysts, and like it's coming from like the Jets account says, who do they have us draft? Hyper has like, us going here. Like, who are we yeah. going to draft? It's like, yeah, that's always well, no, weird. You know who you're going to draft. Right. You, you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, I don't know why, but it makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. And, I, yeah, I know. I said it with the, the Devils with Jack Hughes, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird that they're doing that. And then I saw it with the Jets where they're pumping they pumping Quinn and Williams. They're, they, I've seen a lot of Again, though, I will say it's a slightly different thing when you have the, the first overall pick. pick. But still, but still similar you idea. just got to be like, who are we taking? Like, you, you're pumping individual players always. It does make me a little bit it's weird. It's weird. Because, at one, I don't know if they know, like the social team knows, or if they're just being like, hey, we just want to interact with people. I don't know if they, what it is. I'm sure it's an NFL-driven thing because they're not the only team. It's just the one I see because right. I follow the Jets. I'm a Jets fan. Yeah, the Giants have done it as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I've seen other teams like retweeted too as, as well. But. All right, so Jets, I, I, I prefer to trade back. I know you prefer to trade back. I don't know how likely that is. If we stay at three, I'd like Josh Allen. I think they're going at Oliver. You you want Brian Burns, but think they're going Quinn. The, my last yes. I, okay. Uh, my last note on the Burns Allen thing is if you talk about like a range of outcomes with those guys, I will say I do view Allen as a slightly safer pick. I think Allen's safer than where, most like, of them. The range of his outcomes of what he could be on a scale of one to ten is like seven to like eight and a half, and with Burns it's like six point five to nine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I just view him as having a slightly higher ceiling, but not a significantly lower floor. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I Again, I, the Allen part for me is I still think he's going to be a, a great pass rusher. Even if he's not, he he does provide you know other positive traits. I'd be concerned if Quentin Williams comes in and he's not great. He's another Leonard Williams. We're like, wow, we just, we just wasted another. Well, he's the guy that you really have the true argument for of he can be an ascending player because he's only had one year as a full starter. He went from being a guy who... There was just too many good guys. First round picks yeah. ahead of him on the depth chart. And when he would come in, he would do some things, but like not enough to know him. And when he took over the lead, he's like, well, he's got big shoes to fill. Like, yeah. Deron Payne was a really good player. And it's like, oh, wow, he's way better than Deron Payne. But Saban plays his senior guys if right. they're about equal. You know what I mean? Right. If they, He'll always play the best player. But if they're about equal, yeah, he'll play the, senior. the senior guy gets yeah. the first crack at the job. Yeah. Um, and some of the things I saw from him were elite. His hand usage is elite, and for an interior, or, or for any sort of defensive lineman, your hands have to be elite, and they are. Yeah. Um, I thought Josh Allen's hands were better than, I know you mentioned it, we, we talked off off this, where you said Josh Allen weren't as great as they need to be. I, I went back, and I kind of was like, oh, well, let me see. I thought Josh Allen's hands were pretty good. They gotten definitely gotten better from junior to senior year. I'll it's, agree with that, yes. It was, uh, the thing I, I noticed when I watched him was, um, he he relied on his speed and athleticism too much. Yes, but I do. But I think he has the ability to learn other moves. He just knew I can beat this guy with speed. Definitely. Um, and with Burns, I, I and I just it's not a fair thing because I didn't hear. I just haven't heard 
uh, Alan speak, I listened to an interview with Brian Burns. The way he thinks about pass rushing and talks about evaluating his pass rushing and the guys he's opposing sounds like you the way you hear Peyton Manning talk about quarterback. Um, so having that where he's thinking the game on a higher level is impressive to me. What do you think the chances the Jets take Brian three? Not very high. I, I would go zero. I would go 0.1%. Okay, 0.1 is probably more accurate. But if it ends up happening... You'd be the only one. I will literally ascend into. You'd be the space. only one. So again, <laughs> I, I'd be fine if the Jets trade back. We both want the Jets to trade back. Yes. I just don't think there's a team that wants to do it. The value this year, the third overall pick, the Jets are going to want a ton, and the team that's trading up isn't going to want to give up a ton. So I just don't think it's going to happen. Maybe a team comes in late and does it. But I think they're so motivated to restock their pool of draft picks that they'll take a slightly less. I than would ideal. do that if I'm the Jets. If yes, if we're getting. You can move the third overall pick. There's a 100% chance you can move the third overall pick. It's just, what are you getting back? back, Um, And to me, I'm doing it. Like, what's the best offer? Hey, we're getting 15, we're getting a two, and we're getting a third. Whatever, let's do it. Like, to me, this draft is, you can get, the best player in the draft could be drafted at seven. It's possible. Like, to me, this draft is a crapshoot. So, I I found the Jets. I am moving back. Give me your best offer. We're taking the best. But I don't don't know if they're going to do that. Moving on to the Giants. Yes. Um... What do you think they should If I'm the Giants, I'm taking Dwayne Haskins at six. I think he's going to be there. I think they've done a phenomenal do- job of no team trying to move. Like, I think every team thinks they're not taking Dwayne Haskins. A um, lot of people don't think, like analysts don't think they're taking Dwayne Haskins. I, I, I've actually been seeing a bit of change of heart on that. Um, and I think that they're more and more open to the, So the thing is, and I put this in, in my mock drafts for the, the Giants, I think Dwayne Haskins is the best fit for the Giants for what their offense is, what they want out of a quarterback. Yeah. Um, about the only thing that doesn't measure up with him and like what he is and what they've had is that he's not white. And I'm not saying that that's I'm not doing this to be in any way, shape, or form like claiming that they what are, are Stephen A. Smith. No. Um, no. Well, I'm not saying that they won't pick him because of that. I think they will pick him. Is the point? I yeah. said basically he checks every box that they want, other than the fact that they've always had white cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, I, I think that he's the guy that they want. He's got the prototypical build. He's got excellent arm strength, even though he's not necessarily excellent as a deep ball thrower. Yeah. Um, but I think it manifests itself in the short and intermediate throws. He drives the ball. Like, the, the guy who I always compare um, when I'm talking about, the, like, Drew Brees doesn't have elite downfield arm no. strength. Um, but he has elite up to, like, 30 to 40 yards right. arm strength. Right. where. Everything is a frozen rope on those throws that need to be precise. Right. Uh, and that's what Haskins is, and he's accurate in those situations. He's just not necessarily super accurate downfield, although you can work on that, I guess. Um, that's the, probably the quote-unquote easiest version of accuracy to fix. If you're not accuracy, if you're not accurate under 20 yards, you're never going to which is why I didn't like Josh. I, I like Haskins. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced he's going to be a, a star, but I do think he's the oh, best. Oh, and, he, and, he's, and he's a smart kid, too. Yeah, I... I if I'm the Giants at six, I'm taking Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to be there at six. I don't necessarily believe that because the team that I think people aren't like thinking about potentially getting quarterback. You are obsessed with the switch. Raiders, aren't you? The Raiders are going to get a quarterback. I, I don't think... Th- I, I'd be surprised if they take Dwayne Haskins at I'd be very surprised. I, I, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think they're a candidate to do the Chicago Bear thing where they move up one... I mean, they're not going to have to give up much to do it, yeah. but I could see them moving up one pick with the Jets just to ensure it, because I think San Francisco is sticking on the clock no matter what for, for Nick Bosa. Uh, well, that whole thing... Also, with... and the whole smokescreen thing, if any team is going to go up against Kyler Murray, it's Oakland. Yeah. I now, if they do that, maybe Haskins is still on the board at six. So we, they, we talked briefly about the, um, 
that you know Gruden sending everybody home, the scouts. I think that's more related to the Jets and Oliver than it is Haskins. It's Cause, possible because there's a lot of people say that Oakland loves loves at Oliver, and it, maybe it's a coincidence that the Jets are like, no, we love at Oliver, and maybe that's why he sent everybody home. Hey, now the Jets are talking about at Oliver. I don't trust any of you guys. You're all going home. So that I think is more of a likely story than. We love Dwayne Haskins, and the people are—we don't want that getting out. That's so. that's very possible. I'm entirely open to that being the the thing because I could totally see the Jets saying, "You know what? We could probably that number sixty fifth pick or whatever the third their third pick." So that makes the Ed Oliver thing from more, them to move that, up. It is spot. a smokescreen that I'm just thinking about now. I do th- again. I do think the other thing though is because in the immediate aftermath of that report was that that the Raiders have a plan that some people are going to find shocking, and mm-hmm. that's why they think that that they were being sent home. I think that means they don't want anyone leaking out that who they have graded where as far as quarterbacks go. Gotcha. Because they've been keeping it very close to the vest. Oh no, we love Derek Carr. I don't think they love Derek Carr. Yeah, I don't I don't think they love Derek Carr, but... I mean, Gruden has been pretty overt in getting rid of the Reggie McKenzie guys. Yeah. Traded Khalil Mack, traded Amari Cooper. Yeah. They've cut, they benched Carl Joseph for no real reason. Like, they... They've done everything they can to alienate the, the, the premier picks that Reggie McKenzie made in the years prior to him, to yeah. Gruden coming on. And Gruden is known to, like, he he, he, like, his, his, he, he loves his, his quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he jumps around, like, with all these different quarterbacks during his quarterback camp. He was all over everyone. He's gushing about the... He always wants the next new thing. Yeah. And I think the opportunity to get his guy is what he's going to be super excited about. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance they go quarterback. I do again. I do think Dwayne Haskins at six. If I'm the Giants, I take Dwayne Haskins at six, seventeen. I kind of just take the best player available, whether it be like Jonah Williams. Like, I just, I just gotta go out and say, it. Daniel Jones is not gonna be a good. I well, that's what I think they're going. Um, this is what I would do: Haskins, neither Jonah, Jonah Williams, or like Devin Bush, if he's there, one of those guys, best, basically best player available at seventeen. That's what I did in my mock. I gave him Devin Bush seventeen. That and that's what I would do: Devin Bush at seventeen. I gave him Haskins, Haskins at six. six even or if it's, you know, I just don't know how realistic that Jonah Williams, yeah, whoever it is, Jonah Williams might be gone. Devin Bush might be. By gone. the way, that's someone. If if we were to trade down, Jonah I'd Williams. be open to the Jets getting Jonah Williams. So would I. Um, that's who again. That's what I would do. If Jonah Williams, Devin Bush isn't there, that's you know whatever. We'll we'll take whoever's you know left, the best player left, Bradbury or whoever it is. Well, the one thing I'll say for for Gettleman is we've talked about it before. Refuses to trade down. Yeah. Um, he has traded up on multiple occasions. I can see him trading up from 17. Possibly. Um, I, I just I still think they're a candidate, whether it be with San Francisco. With I don't think they'll trade up to one for Kyle Murray. I just don't think they can get themselves no. to a point where they're going to draft a guy who's 5'10". No. I just don't think they, they can he, do it. He, that, that I, saw, I read something that, that it's like the first draft ever where the player that they're taking at 1 could also be a player they take at 10. Like... They're, they're, a lot of teams aren't sold on Kyler Murray. It's just the Cardinals system, and they're just in love with what he's going to do. I think, Gruden, I think the, the report that came out at the Combine about Gruden being in love with Kyler Murray, I think it's absolutely accurate. Yeah, but there was it was just a funny you know, article. on The first player this year is just because that team has the first pick. It's possible. If, the, if another team that needed a quarterback was their first pick, it wouldn't be it might not necessarily be him. It's possible. And some people still have Haskins as their number yeah, one quarterback. Some, some scouts Haskins. still have him, although a lot of them have... Over time, well, the, the problem is, at the time when when that all started, when the, the postseason process started, Kyler Murray was still committed to baseball. Yeah. So a lot of people, I like, like even like Matt Miller, like Bleacher Report. I know he's been on the record saying, up until Kyler declared, he never did a full film study on him. Gotcha. So him moving up his board was late, was because 
I have so many people to watch. I'm not watching him until I know I have to. Right. Like, I watch him in games. Like, I have an opinion right. on him, but, like, it's not a strong one yet because I didn't do the study. So who, if you're the Giants, I'm taking Haskins at 6 and, let's just say, Devin Bush, Jonah Williams at 17. Who are you taking? If I'm the Giants, I'm trading up ahead of Oakland. And you're taking Haskins at 3. I'm taking Haskins. Let's just say they don't. Make I think it. Haskins let's, is going to be good. Let's say they stay at six and they stay at seventeen. Who do you think? Who do you? Who do you want them to get? Who would you take? I would take Haskins if he was there. If he's I, there. For for them, I wouldn't take Drew Locke. Okay. Um, but who I gave Oakland in the mock that I did for the full first round, I had them trading up with the Jets to three and taking Haskins. I had Oakland taking Drew Locke. I saw that because I could see him loving Locke as well because he has this, all the the type of things you want. He's a multi year starter, smart player. Very very mobile. Uh, he uh, the way I keep describing him is Josh Allen light, and I mean that in all ways. His arm is excellent, but not quite as good. He's had some accuracy issues, but not nearly as aggressive as Allen has. Um, and he's very mobile and athletic, but still probably not quite as mobile and athletic as Allen is. So I'll go to then what um, what do you think? But if, if if Haskins and Locke were off the board, if they stick at six, we're not moving up, and they they're not going to take a quarterback. The guy I would take for them. There would probably be Jonah Williams, because if they're they're committed to the bit, they're sticking with Eli. You have to make sure the offensive line. Yeah, I agree. Jonah Williams, they can put him at any position on the line, and he's going to be a starter. They're not moving Nate Solder this year at left tackle. He's staying. Right. Um, Kevin Zeitler is now your right guard. Right. Will Hernandez is now your left guard. So whether it be center or right tackle, Jonah Williams is that day one for you. And then who do you go seventeen then? If say so, you're you're Haskins off the board. They're not going lock. You're taking. Jonah I would Williams. take Jonah Williams. And then at seventeen, what are you taking? Um, probably the best pass rusher. I mean, like they could take a Brian Burns, and I'd totally be okay with that. Right. Like, if, if I, I the only reason I'm saying it otherwise is because I'm hoping the Jets get him. Right. But um, so I would be between say Jonah Williams and and Brian Burns at number six. Okay. At number seventeen, um, BPA. I've seen a lot of people attached uh, Rashawn Gary to them. I don't like Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Um, and now this thing with his shoulder health coming out, I think he's way overhyped. I think he's Robert M. Kimdichi number 2.0, okay. minus the falling out of a hotel balcony thing. <sighs> <laughs> I think he's probably got a better head on his okay. shoulders. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Bush, if he were there, or Devin White, either of the Devons, I think both of them are going to be excellent linebackers. So I would take that because I hate the Giants linebackers. I really don't like Alec Ogletree. Um, I would take a I would take a linebacker. I would take a pass rusher. You know, whether it be a Cleveland Farrell, uh, Montez Sweat, if his heart condition right. allegations check out, anything like that, um, I would take I would take there. Uh, you, you have to pick. It's one. hard to pick one guy because it's just seventeenth pick. All right, so pick one guy at six. You you, you meant you Jonah and Jonah, Jonah Williams. You're taking six and seventeen. I I gave two. I said Devin Bush and Jonah Williams. If he's still there, you're going with. I mean, I guess basically the same thing. Like if, okay. if Jonah was still there, I would take right, him. So but we, if, we're, we, we have kind of the Devin same. Bush. We're both taking Haskins. We just value. I don't. I think he'll be there at six. You don't. And then we basically have the same thing at seven. What I think they do is I think they're going to take either Devin White and if uh, Ed Oliver or Josh Allen fall to them, or even Quinn Williams. I don't think Quinn Williams is going to be there. One of those three fall to him. They're taking him at six or Devin White. I could see it, but they're pretty set on the interior of the line on the defense. Dalvin Thompson's a really good player. I, I think they're they. Those guys are if they're at six, they're going to take him. And I can't remember the name of the other defensive Gettle- tackle, but he's pretty solid player too. Gettleman they drafted just, him like the third round last year. Yeah, Gett- Gettleman's just the guy that I think he's could be the, similar to McCagnan in that best guy sense, best guy available. And I think if I could see them taking Quinn Allen, if he was still there, Allen, Oliver, or Quinn and get there. I think he's taking him. If not, I think it's Devin uh, Devin White, and I think they're taking Daniel Jones at seven. I just can't justify it, man. He, I, I'm not I saying think, I agree with it. I like, just think like that, he, the, the problem with with a guy like Jones is he's. 
he's kind of Andy Dalton, but people are talking about him like a first round pick. Like Andy Dalton was taken er- early, early second. mid second round. I think he was early like first couple of picks second round. I thought it was something like forty, but like you know what I mean, like yeah. it, it, like in the in the first ten picks of second round. Right. If you took Daniel Jones there, I wouldn't love it, but I could see why a team would do it. Yeah, I can't justify using a top fifteen pick on him. I just don't understand it. Yeah, um, I've seen conflicting. A he's lot of he's worse Ryan Tannehill. I've seen conflicting things on on Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is. Uh, a top twenty pick. I he's probably he's in the not. second round, but I I do think they like Daniel Jones. They'll sit him a year behind Eli. It's the Francesca effect, and um, <laughs> I, that's where I would guess. So that's what you think is going to. I think they're going to go. I'm just going to say I think Ed Oliver, Josh Allen, and Quinn will be off the board. So I'm going to say Devin White at I, six. I, actually, I think Ed Oliver could still be on the board at six. He could be if he is. I think the Giants. One of him. those three players is going to be on. Okay, then I think they're going to take one of those three. Okay. Um, because just do the math. Yeah. Like, one of them is going to be... Well, I could see Quinnen going three. Okay. And Oliver going four. Josh Allen going mm, Maybe. I mean, there's a, maybe. Good, there's a good chance that one of them does fall. I, I, Ed Oliver, I think, is the most likely I to get to I feel strongly it. one of them will be there at I don't six. think Quinnen Williams will get to six. But I guess you're right. It's possible. Josh Allen, I don't think, is going to get to six. He could. Ed Oliver is the most likely. Well, I think the thing is, I think six. that Oakland could go, if they're not going quarterback, they could go Devin they could four, which yeah. would then push one. I, of those this guys. draft, I have. This is the first draft. Or also, that's the other thing. Devin White could easily go five to Tampa because they lost Quan Alexander. Yeah. Um. So that's why. This that's why first, I think one of them will be. This there. is the first draft that I. I don't know what most teams are doing. What I think, I'm. The problem is I'm so caught up on. I don't understand how they're not doing something about the quarterback, and it feels different this year than last year. The Giants. Yeah. The conversation feels different than it did last year when we kind of all knew they were going to take Saquon Barkley. Yeah. We basically knew they were taking Yeah, we knew that. Um, even though they said similar things, Eli's our guy, we could see him playing more years, we got to fix the team around him, hog mollies, etc., so on. You know, hot pretzel, bag of donuts, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it They're saying similar things, but I don't feel the conviction the same way. It I sounds think... a little bit more desperate where they don't want them to know what everyone... Yeah. Everyone knew that they were doing last year. It feels like they don't want us to know what they're yeah, doing Yeah, I time. think... I think Which is why I think they could be going quarterback. I, yeah, uh, I do think they will get a quarterback. I don't know if it'll be first round. I do I, again. I think it's going to be Daniel Jones at seventeen. Gettleman's in, has kind of preached this whole offseason that we're not reach even if we're in love with the guy. We we're all about the value of the pick, and I think they're gonna. They might like the, the thing is they just have lock more, but like they don't want him to take him at six type of thing. They like, have I so guess, many fucking draft picks that. If you were going with what you're saying, what I'm, 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 I could easily come around on where we're not giving up 17 as well. Yeah. The thing is, I just viewed that Odell Beckham trade. It made zero sense unless you were doing a full rebuild, which we've done that before. Yeah. We're not going to redo the conversation. Right. But getting those picks is giving you options. Right. Um, and it's giving you options to move up. Yeah. I think they could move up from 17. They, I, I wouldn't be shocked. They're in love with I Drew Lock. Moving up from six, I, I don't think Lock fits what they would do. I, it I, doesn't fit Shermer's offense. I'm not. Disagreeing with that, I I could see Gettleman like saying Drew, Lock would Drew fit Locks with... our guy. We like Drew Lock, and I could see them moving up. It, or even if they love, even if Haskins falls, and they're like, oh, he's at you know ten right now, we can move up. I could see if them moving it, up from seventeen. I don't see them moving moving. I can understand there. the I can understand the argument against moving up, but if you like Drew Haskins or uh, if you like uh, Dwayne Haskins enough to draft him at ten, you like him enough to draft him. At six. I agree. Which means you can stay there and take him if if he falls. If that's the way you want to play it. Super conservative. Gettleman's the guy that's like, I'm the value of the pick. 
You well, know, we Dwayne, know he won't trade Dwayne down. Dwayne Haskins, we like him. We don't love him. We, we like him. We we're going to take someone else at six. If he gets past 10, you know, we like him at 10. Type of thing. I could see Gettleman. I don't do that. I, I you don't do that. I could see Gettleman. If you're going to justify taking him... If you're going to justify taking him top 10, you have to be willing to take him at 6. I agree. But I could see... You have to. And that, that's even amongst Gettleman's twisted logic. You have to be willing to take him there. Again, I think they're taking... De- let's just say Devin White at 6. They're taking Daniel Jones at 17. I wouldn't be shocked to see them move 17 up and get a different quarterback if someone, for some reason, falls. If we're going to take quarterbacks off the board, say Giants are not drafting a quarterback, what I think they will do then is take the top rusher or Williams. Yeah. Well, no, I should I should pick one guy. I think they would take Jonah Williams. Okay. At six. Okay. And I think they would take whichever Devin was there at seventeen, or a sweater Burns if they were there for some reason. Because I, I, it's like you have to give yourself two options because one of them could be gone. You know what I mean? Right. But I think they go Jonah Williams six, um, unless Ed Oliver or Quinn Williams. Right. Agreed. That's the guy that Agreed. I think they would take. Um, and I think they go pass rusher at seventeen, whether it be. Furl, Sweat, Burns, whoever is there, because two of them could be gone. Right. Um, that so would you, be. You don't think they're taking a quarterback? I no. I'm saying this is the situation where I, I, I know that I'm too close to the situation to be able to objectively say whether or not I think they'll take a quarterback. So, you, so I, I just want who you, th- who do you think at six they're taking? Oh, that's what I'm saying. I'm, if I'm taking quarterback with Ward. So you don't. But I want you. To th- do you think they're going? I to think take? they're going to take a quarterback. Okay, so I want to. I think they'll take Dwayne Haskins. Okay, you just don't think he'll be there at six. Yeah, I just don't understand how a person could. Uh, I just don't understand how a person could evaluate um, Daniel Jones as being worthy. And if that's what you're going to do, you still have to move up from 17, probably. Yeah. Because you have to worry about Washington. Because everyone says Washington loves. Well, let's transition from that standpoint now to the quarterback stuff, and this will be our final topic. Yeah. We've touched on some of it organically through all of this, but we think Murray goes number one overall. Agreed. Two, but let's open up our options, right? No, he's going number one overall. To I'm, Arizona I'm or I'm just going to say Arizona. I might have been there. And then, I mean, the, the, obviously there's a chance for everything. I'm I'm going to be shocked if Oakland moves up to one and takes cut. I'm going to do something that will allow me to be betrayed by the NFL. I'm going to trust that they're smart enough to not take Daniel Jones before Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. I think they come off. I don't know whether Locke or Haskins goes first among them. But I, I saw something today that people think Drew Locke's the second quarterback taken. Some people have thought that, and yes. I, and I have. Which, which, if the Giants don't trade up. I, I think I think Oakland would would grade Locke higher than they would Haskins. Yeah, maybe. I think they would take him four. Yeah. Um, and then I then I think that maybe the that the Giants would take Haskins at six. So I just want predictions. Number one, cards. I'm I'm saying Murray. You're saying Murray goes where? I have him going number cards. one. Cards. Okay. But I want. Do you think Oakland? I, moves? I still think he's going to the oh, Cardinals. Cards. All right. Okay. Like I said, there's still. Where do you think Drew Locke's going? I think he's gonna go to. Okay. I think he's. For some reason, I think he's going to the... It's possible. I just don't know if they... I, The Broncos could trade up the three for, for Drew Locke if they're in line. I think that... It's, I don't think he lasts to 10. Oh, so you think Drew Locke's top 10? For sure. Well, well, bro, the Broncos are picking 10. Right. So I'm, I'm saying he's going to 10. You, you think he might be... You, you think there's a I good chance that, he's going to be picked before that? I think they that. have to move up. Even if it means they have to move to five. Like, if he slips past Oakland, like... The, I think Tampa's going to trade down. That was one of the toughest picks for me to make in my mock draft. That's why I had them trade down with Detroit. I don't know what because the Tampa was embarrassing last year. Yeah, like the roster isn't bad. I I, I still don't think Jameis Winston's very good, but it's a pretty strong roster for them to be picking top five. Yeah, is basically the point I'm making. Like they should have been closer to an eight and eight type of team. Um, 
they don't have a lot of glaring needs, really. So I think that they could be a candidate to trade down and accumulate some extra picks. I think there's going to be a lot of trades we didn't see coming, or there's going to be... Which is why I tried things. to put some kind of funky right. trades in the thing like that. That's one. fine. I'm I'm going to say Murray to cards. I'm saying Drew Locke, Broncos. I'm saying Redskins move up to the Bengals pick, and they're taking Dwayne Haskins. I, I, I don't rule out... I, I still think, don't rule out Josh Rosen to them, but the other thing is... Um, although, you know what? No one's made this specific connection. No one knows what Cincinnati is going to do, which isn't nope. that crazy because it's eleven. They 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 run like the Mets, where it's like they're super cheap with the front office. Well, I guess the Mets are finally changing that, but they have a very small in-house staff. They actually do a pretty good job of identifying and acquiring talent. They've had really good rosters in the past ten. years. They were held back by Andy Dalton, the the team that made the playoffs a few years in a row and lost in the first round every year. Those are good teams, yeah, just with not a very good quarterback. Um. So no one really knows what Cincinnati's going to do. Um, but with your new head coach, who's the next McVeigh because he worked with McVeigh for a year, um, they need to get him a quarterback. Uh, maybe they go get jo- uh, Josh Rosen. Maybe. So if they go get Josh Rosen, someone else has got to get a quarterback somehow. Everyone's all of a sudden in the last 24 hours is saying, Washington is hot on Haskins. They're a candidate to move up to three. And for me, I would love the hole that that would require them to give up for the Jets. But it would be more down the road because you're going to have to give their first round pick next year. Yep. Well, we can get their second round pick, which is, you know, 50th overall or whatever, which that's fine. That's good. That's important. They're going to have to give up most of their draft this year. Yeah. It's going to be like the Saints when they trade up for Ricky Williams. Like, they're going to have to give up basically the whole draft. Yeah, I, I think the Redskins could move up to three. I, I think if the Jets do move, it's going to be the Redskins. Um, I don't think the Redskins are going to are going to they're going to say this is what the three is worth. The Jets going to say no, this is what it's worth, and they're just not going to meet on the middle ground. If I'm the Jets, I'm taking it regardless. I don't think McCagan McCagan does it. I, I wouldn't do, be surprised. I think he wants those. I wouldn't be picks, surprised man. either. But I'm just saying that I I don't think the valuation on what the third pick is is going to be the same. Could the Jets take lower and say yeah, let's move back? Well, rather than going fifty percent of the way, maybe, could they go sixty percent of the way towards what the Redskins, even if they don't take their initial offer? I I think they could. Again, I don't know if they're going to. Uh, I would. I don't. I think he want. I think McKagan really wants a second round pick. In this yeah, I, I I think he does. Um, I fifteen in a second round pick. Washington does that. I don't know if the Jets are going to. We'll see. Well, it won't only be that. That's what I'm saying. They have to give them most of their draft. They're going to have to give them their first this year, their second this year, their third this year, their fifth this year, and like a future first or second. That's what it's going to have to be. Um, I don't think the Reds. Maybe not. I'm just saying that's what the, the, the trade has to look something like that. The first next year is I don't think they're going to do. Maybe. But they could do a second next year. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, first a second and then maybe a second and a third next year might get it. Yeah. I think that might get it done. I don't know if that's what McCagnan wants or is enough or I don't even know if. The Redskins say this is, you know, this is what the price we're willing to pay. I don't know. The Rosen thing was what threw me off doing my mock because I like I can't account for it. You know what I mean? Like I can't account for it in the draft. So I want you to give me who you think where you're going. It's impossible. I just want to give me prediction. Um, We're in the prediction business. I think Cardinals end up with Murray. Okay. I think. I'm going to go with Cincinnati with Rosen because... Okay. I don't know why. I, just I like wasn't that putting idea. Rosen, but that's fine. Well, because it, it informs the other picks. Where's, you know what I'm saying? Andrew Locke. I think Locke goes to Oakland. I think Haskins goes to the Giants. Um, and I think that the Dolphins and the, the Redskins are left out in the cold. Because if they draft... They take Jones if, in the second round or something? I, Miami is not drafting Daniel. Okay. If something funky happened where they could get a quarterback by moving up just a couple spots, maybe. Okay. They're not going to take the second tier of quarterbacks because I think they're going all in on taking a quarterback next year. 
Washington, I think, is going to try really hard for Haskins. So if you so want the second most likely option for Haskins, it's Washington. I, have, I think they're left out in the cold. I don't think they'd take Rose, uh, Jones there. Could they take him in the second round if he was still there? Maybe. Because if he gets past there, who's going to take him? No one needs a quarterback then. The people have said... Patriots. The Patriots, of course, make it. I understand why. Is that an option? Sure, it's possible. I, I, I don't view it as the more likely, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did. Yeah. All right. We, we, we differ on where we think they're going, but it's impossible to tell just because of trades what's going to happen. But uh, I do think Daniel Jones is going to be a giant for some reason. Francesca effect, yeah. man. He runs the team. Maybe. He's, he's the, uh, the puppet master. He has, he, according to him, they haven't told him anything this year, so. Yeah. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Spin Tune Sports Show. You can reach us on Twitter at Spin Tune Sports and at The Spin Tune. And then you can find me and Shafe as well at AlessandroB1187 and at Shafe Spur. See you next week. Later.